1: Hello and welcome. It's our number two. Former NFL player RG3, now a gas bag and blowhard, says that NFL players believe that referees' rooting interests are causing bad calls. What does this say about the players in the NFL? Also, decode the messaging sent from Devontae Adams in his latest spiel. And should Bengals coach Zach Taylor have a talk with Jamar Chase about his priorities? We'll talk about all that and more right now. Here it is, hour number two. Let the drama rain down. Welcome in the beginning of another hour of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere as we flock together and huddle up, and we do not stop belly aching at all. Coast to coast, border to border, and beyond on the vast and excessively powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from the griddle. We don't make the takes till you order them. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection Fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Our lead this hour coming from the deep state. And we'll get back to the Thursday night NFL game. A win for the Steelers and a cover, by the way. Thank you very much. Mike Tomlin does it again. At home, small point spread. Late touchdown by Pittsburgh and they get the W there if you're a gambling type and you bet on Pittsburgh. But our our headline is from the NFL, but it's a former NFL player who is tossing around some rather serious accusations against the Zebras for being the D word, dirty. Dirty, 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 dirty. Did you see this? Yeah, this is a danger zone story. You didn't see this? Bad job by you. All right. Maybe you missed it. Uh, Robert Griffin III, a failed NFL quarterback, was a total stud at Baylor, and now he's a blowhard on television. He has a wild theory based on what he claims players are telling him. Now, RG3 said that the players in the NFL today believe that one of the reasons the officiating is terrible is because of local bias and rooting interest influencing How games are called. Say what? Does that perk your interest at all? That's kind of a sexy story, right? All right, so here's the quote from RG3. He said, quote, these guys are from places. They have favorite teams. How do you assess uh, that with a referee who has a flag in his pocket and can make calls that can change the outcome of a game based off of where he's from or who his favorite team was or who he rooted for when he was a kid, close quote. So the implication is rather obvious here that an official who grew up a Green Bay Packer fan is going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Green Bay Packers. Now, RG3 said it also cuts both ways, that occasionally somebody who grew up a Packer fan will not call a penalty on the Packers because... They don't want to be seen as having a bias towards the Packers, which as a result will thus be a bias against the Packers. All right, so let us discuss. The question, as you, as I just gave you the quote, RG3 saying that NFL players believe the referees have a rooting interest, which is causing bad officiated games, what does this say about the players? What does this say about the referees? So I've got 404, trifecta, and spoiler. And we're going to lock all of these things together. And the flag is up, just like at the Breeders' Cup, which will be coming up here today and, and tomorrow. So, number one. Number one. Number one. My initial take was a chuckle. I'm not going to lie. When, when I, I saw this story and it caught my attention, it was on my radar. I, I said, Oh, come on. These NFL players are so paranoid. Right? They, they're on that shuttle service to the nut house, right? Do they live in Goofy's Playhouse? Are they sneaking around the back of Goofy's Playhouse? Are they uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Is that where they are? But then I paused for a second. I took a deep breath. And I actually, in that little cartoon bubble over my head, I like contemplated the situation. And I got to tell you, maybe I'm I'm Looney Tunes, too, but I kind of see what he's saying. It's not as far-fetched as you may think, and I'll tell you why. All right? It's the 404, and I'm not talking about the area code in Atlanta. We're talking about the 404 as in the error code. You ever type something wrong in on the Internet and 404 comes up? It's It's human error, and it's part of everything. It's part of everything. The typical failure rate. I read a study on this a couple years ago. The typical failure rate among humans for common work practices, the range is anywhere from 10 to 30 mistakes per 100 opportunities. So let's extrapolate that out. That means for every 100 calls made by an official in an NFL game, you are going to have anywhere from 10 to 30 blown calls. But then you add on to that personal bias. Everyone's got personal biases. It's called life experience, right? It's who you grew up with, who you were around. uh, How Your thoughts on the world are shaped by the people around you. If you grew up with certain people who are are racist, uh, you're racist. If you grew up with people that are anti-Semitic, you're probably anti-Semitic. That's just the way we're shaped by how our environment is. Um, Not to go too deep because, I mean, we're just doing overnight radio, but The other issue with the officiating is it is subjective versus objective. Subjective are beliefs, and objective is a measurable fact. And most calls are subjective. It's like something you believe is a penalty, but it can go either direction. And also never forget that we have seen crooked officials. I interviewed one on my podcast a couple years ago, Tim Donahue, who's the gold standard, example A, of a crooked official. Now, he was doing it for gambling reasons, uh, but the point is still the same, so you can factor that in. And I, I don't believe it's as, as nutso as I originally thought when I first saw the headline. And it, it, it makes sense. And the, the other issue here is just bad leadership by the NFL and the fact that the NFL, they're a multi-billion-dollar conglomerate, they don't give a crap. If the NFL gave a crap, the officiating would be better. They don't because ultimately it's good for business. There's controversy. It gets people talking about it. Nobody stops watching because of the bad officiating. It just raises people's blood pressure, and ultimately you're still going to watch anyway, so who the hell cares? All right, now, page two. Headline, Lost Wages Nevada, where Devontae Adams has given a State of the Union address on the Raiders' coaching change, now I'll give you a little snippet here. Adams told reporters that the change that happened—the whacking, the pollaxing of Josh McDaniels and the GM there—the change of some variety was needed. Now, I'll give you a, a little snippet of the quote. He said, "Quote one way or the other, it was time for some sort of change just to bring a little juice in." and revitalize the team a little bit, he said. Uh, Close quote. So let's decode. What do you say? Let's decode the message sent in the State of the Union address by Devontae Adams. So the way I interpreted this, Adams hit the trifecta this week. He did. He hit the trifecta because Josh McDaniels, gone. GM, gone. Quarterback, benched. It was like the gong show for the Raiders. And whether or not he will admit it, he probably won't. One of the main reasons that Josh McDaniels is no longer coaching the Raiders is because of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, coach killer. Coach killer. Let me give you my evidence. I went back to the archives. I keep my, my notes, my bullet points on these monologues. On September 27th, Devontae Adams said the following. We're not doing things the right way to establish a winning culture. Close quote. That was a direct torpedo right into the schnozola of Josh McDaniels, Your highest paid wide receiver, your most dynamic offensive player, your big kahuna, the big ragu, Devontae Adams, saying we're a bunch of losers here. The culture, that culture's coaching cultures the GM that's who supposedly builds the culture and he said we, we, we have to we, we don't have a winning culture we're not doing that and essentially a month later the guillotine dropped for the Raiders all right final point a headline a headline from Cincinnati where Jamar Chase revealed to reporters that if he were to score a touchdown in Sunday night football against the Bill's mafia Jamar Chase said he would recreate one of the iconic NFL touchdown celebrations on one condition. That condition: Chad Johnson, Bengal icon, has to pay the the fine. That's the condition that Chad Johnson would need to pay the fine. Now the celebration. If you know Ocho Cinco, he had every celebration. My favorite was the River Dance that he he used to do. I love the River Dance. Uh, but this was pretty good, too, where he scored a touchdown and then ran, went over and manned the television camera. You know, the big $50,000, $100,000 camera, those big bulky cameras that they use on these NFL broadcasts. So he went over there and manned the cameras. It was great. It was funny. He got fined for it. Uh, well, Ocho Cinco has confirmed that he will pay up. So it's on like Donkey Kong, but there's always the party pooper out there. And I've been reading some people saying the uh, the uh, the devil's advocate argument. This is not good for the Bengals. This is not good for Cincinnati. That somebody should have a talk with Jamar Chase. That this is these are shenanigans, and it's unbecoming. That this is a distraction as Cincinnati gets ready to play Buffalo. So I wanted to address that part of it. Should Bengals coach Zach Taylor have a talk, 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 talk with Jamar Chase about his priorities? And I am shaking my head no. I am shaking my head no on this. I'll tell you why. Jamar Chase is plotting for the end zone. If you do the arithmetic and you use the Mahler math, that is a net positive for Cincinnati. Now, my only problem is not that he's planning on scoring a touchdown. My only problem is the promotion. What are you doing This is a spoiler alert. This is a spoiler alert. It would have been much more powerful and meaningful had these two knuckleheads done this behind closed doors and then unbeknownst to anyone, almost organic, so it seems, Jamar Chase honored Ocho Sink. But by telling everyone what you're planning on doing, it takes away the razzmatazz. It does. Maybe it's just me, but it takes away the razzmatazz. It is the Ben Maller show now. One thing that still has the razzmatazz is the NFL pick'em, and we're gonna have some fun with that right now. Is is Week Nine in the NFL, and strike up the band there, Iowa Sam, as we will pick a quarterback, a tight end, running back, and two receivers, and whoever gets the most fantasy points will be declared. The smartest person in the room. There we go. There's the music right there. Let's see who is going to go first. Hey, meeny, meeny, miny, moe. <repertoire> no, I don't know who's going first. Oh, I'm going first! Ha <laughs> ha! Suckers, Mr. Football. That's right. Uh, first pick. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I am going to take AJ Brown of the Philadelphia football
5: team. Um, Let's see. I am going to take Tyreek Hill.
1: All right. Hill's off the board. He's going to eat some bad sauerkraut before that game. Not be able to play. Nick! And Nick, you want in on this, Nick? We're picking yes. a quarterback, running back, tight end, two receivers. Who you got? Okay. Let me see here. Give me Jalen Hurts. All right. You got Jalen Hurts. He's got a bad knee, bad pick. Sam, back-to-back, Sam. Uh,
5: I will take Tua Tonga a Terrible pick. And
6: I will also take Terry
2: McLaurin.
7: 0 for 2. Nick! And yeah, We'll see about that.
6: Um. Okay. Um, next! Jamar Chase.
2: All right, you got Jamar
1: Chase. Not a terrible pick. I want to say a terrible pick, but not a terrible pick. All right, Coop. What well, you got, Coop? I'm going to go with Puka Nakua. Oh, you can ram it all day. You can ram it all night. <laughs> right there at Lan I wonder if my brother, he lives in Appleton. I wonder if he's going go to go Probably not. He, he's not, not a football fan. I, I'm going to take Mr. Swift, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey.
5: She attending the game, we, otherwise he's not gonna have a good one.
1: That's a good point. Uh, uh, I, don't think, I don't think she'll be there. Uh, also Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler of the former San Diego football team now in LA. Back to Coop Aloop. It's the NFL pickup. Quarterback, running back, tight end, two receivers. Whoever gets the most fantasy points will be the winner. I won last week. Go ahead, Coop.
5: Jonathan Taylor.
1: That's a he's a running back for the Colts. Nick. Gus Edwards. Oh, Gus. Famous football movie before your time, Nick, with Gus back in the day. Uh, Sam. Sam, back to back, Sam.
5: I will take Kenneth Walker
2: in a tough game.
1: Generic. The
2: third. Generic.
5: Kenneth Walker the third. And I will also take
1: TJ Hawkinson. Alright right. Nick. Stefan Diggs. Oh, that's a value pick, you schmuck. I was going to take him. Go ahead, (laughs) Coop. Was Lamar
5: Jackson taken?
1: Uh, don't Lamar think Lamar so.
5: has not been taken. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson.
1: Uh, I think I still need a quarterback, don't I? I'll, I'll take Joe Burrow. My God, I got Joe Burrow? I got Burrow with one of my final picks? Holy crap, that's a great And from the L.A. Rams, Cooper Cup. The great Cooper Cup. Back to Coop. Final pick, Coopaloo. Uh, I'm going to go with
5: uh, uh, Joku.
1: Something with a D. David Njoku. Easy for you to see. David and Joker.
6: Nick, last pick on the NFL pick. Mm, last pick, Nick. I need to tie. Uh, I'll, I'll just go with
1: the Ravens. Give me uh, Andrews. Oh, yeah, that's good because that's the safety blanket for yeah. Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam. Stephon Diggs. I already took him. It's oh, a good pick. But oh, it already, already happened.
5: I mean, Jamar Chase. It. Nope. He's already picked, Also on my team. Bad, uh, bad uh, listening
1: skills by Iowa Sam. Well, I'll, I'll help you out, Sam, because you're not big. Amari about... Cooper. Amari Cooper. That's a terrible pick. Why would you pick Amari Cooper? <laughs> you could have had not? Devontae Adams. You could have had CeeDee Lamb. I mean, that's a terrible pick. Anyway, all right, that's it. The NFL pick them uh, Good Amari luck to Cooper. all. You're all going to lose. Uh, I'm taking – I'm going to get the win here. Again, don't forget, I'm the football guy. Benny versus the Penny. Nothing bigger than regional cable television. And it'll be on uh, NBC affiliates all over the country this weekend. So check out Benny versus the Penny. And, uh, yeah. so There you go. Anyway, uh, we'll press on if you would like to be part. Lines are open. I don't think we've taken a call yet. Bad job by us. But we will eradicate that situation. And straight ahead, straight ahead, the angry atoms of the world. The angry atoms of the world and some window shopping. We'll get to all that. We will do it next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
7: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon.
5: To start listening,
6: join the curious world of the Ben Mallor Show online. It's pain free and easy to do. Simply follow us on Twitter, me, Nick, at NKOOP. Your helping hand is appreciated. Now, more blabbering with Big Ben in the
1: Tyrak FSR Studios. We will get to your calls coming up momentarily. We look forward to that. Also available next hour, Big Ben's Lame Jokes of the Week, actual. Jokes from actual listeners. Midnight Walker from Syracuse writes in. He says, red alert, area code 404, McDaniels coached the Raiders, but not anymore. The coach killer said that the culture's all wrong, and one month later, McDaniels is gone. That's pretty good. I like that. I I like that. Uh, Brianna, who may or may not be employed by the company, says uh, there's there's a Spurs problem. Oh, that's, oh, she's a Suns fan. That's right. A very flawed choice of an NBA team there for sure. Andy, the comic book guy, writes in, uh, the great proprietor of comics, uh, he says the Bungles players have been chirping all week. Historically, Josh Allen's teams respond to crap like that. Bungles going down. Uh, Bill's Mafia, pretty confident. Pretty confident. You might want to massage Josh Allen's Aching shoulder. Oh, my aching shoulder. It hurts so much. Oh, my God. All right, let's go to the phone. Let's say hello to Pig Farm Trucker. Hello, Pig Farm Trucker.
9: Hey, Ben, how you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing better than the pigs that are in your truck. Yes. Listen, I just I want to let you
9: know that Yesterday, I was in the dentist chair for two hours getting a root canal. Yeah. But that, that was less painful than listening to Finley's updates. <laughs> Listen, I, I go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. I wake up. All I want to know is, is uh, did my Celtics win? He did NBA updates, right? He, he failed to mention that the, the Celtics dropped 155 on Indiana. I know. Sorry, Sean the Hood guy. Sorry, Sean the Hood guy. But you know what? Come on, Billy. Does he know that the Marconi winning sports hub is on the air listening?
1: I, I know. I've I've tried to explain to these guys, but they don't seem to understand. They like they they're so like they always give like the Laker and Clipper scores, and I'm like, you know, the, the, you you've got to branch out here. Like there's there's other places. The Celtics that's a big deal that was and plus even if it wasn't a big deal to you 155 points when a team scores 155 points in a regulation NBA game that matters that's insane and uh, and I had to bring it up as you heard I had to bring it up pig farmer or it wouldn't have even gotten mentioned on the show a shame <laughs> no I appreciate it yeah
9: all right Hey, listen, listen Ben I'd love to take the oath
1: oh you want oh listen I I, I was I love doing the oath. We'll do the oath right now. This, this became a, a thing. Skeeter in Montana was the guy that originated the oath. He demanded the Mallor Militia Oath. So it's very simple here. Uh, you just repeat after me. Uh, I, state your name. I, take bomb trucker. Do solemnly swear.
9: Do solemnly swear.
1: That I will support and defend the Ben Mallor Show.
9: That I will support and defend the Ben Mallor Show. Against all enemies. Against all enemies.
1: Foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic. And that I will obey. I will obey. The orders to peacefully fight back. The orders to peacefully fight back. Here's the hard part. Against hostile attacks from rival sports gas bags and blowhards.
9: Against rival sports bags and gas bags and blowhards.
1: Close enough. So help me God. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that part. So help me, God. So help me, God. Congratulations, you are—you're the newest member, sworn into active duty. Now, this job requires not only to listen to the Ben Maler Show live, and when you can't, the podcast, but you must watch Benny versus the Penny, which will be returning to television today, I believe, on NBC Sports Boston and a bunch of NBC regional cable channels. So, congratulations. You have taken the oath. You have signed a pledge. We welcome you in.
9: It's a pleasure to be a part.
1: I can tell you're overwhelmed with emotion. You're verklem. Yes. 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 Right. This is one of the great accomplishments of your life right here. Right and you've done it on live radio on five hundred stations. Unbelievable. And the Marconi Award winning 985 The Sports Hub, our home in Boston. All right, be safe out there driving around. Thank you. All right. uh- I'll- and next time I see Finley, I'll kick him. You know, yeah. These guys, it's like I've had conversations with Spartacus. He does the Spartacus. He must think we're doing like local radio in L.A. The, 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 I don't understand it. It it blows me away. But uh, but I know we do get my, a little
5: L.A. centric here at times, Ben. Except, way too much. We were doing like, the Iowa we, minute. Then were, we're fully minutes No,
1: we're, yeah. then we well, that's flyover. Centric, we're going
5: San Diego to Poughkeepsie
6: to to Des Moines.
1: Yeah. And one thing I've always tried to do since I've worked here is I've, I've tried to, you know, try to be, you know, balanced. Obviously, I like teams in L.A. and I do talk about when there's stories, though, but I don't go out of my way to talk about teams uh, in L.A. Wait, but mean,
6: someone in West Virginia,
1: do they care about the Clippers or, you know, or the Dodgers? Well, Probably you've got to you've got to make it where people care. Like, you've got to make it. Interesting. Let's talk Mountaineer football. That's uh, that's that's what matters. But like. Yeah, I don't. I'll talk about the Rangers. I don't the Texas Rangers. Am I a Rangers fan? No. I don't. Do I know there's people in Dallas that like the Rangers and they're in the World Series? Sure. And that's the story. But anyway, uh, it is the Ben Maller show. We'll take some more of these riveting phone calls. We have Mallard of the third degree. We've also got window shopping and angry Adams. But right now, let's cope with the night in sports in a man who's not West Coast bias. I Never. Think, I don't know. There's a big, big world out there in the wild blue yonder. Yes. Nick Cope.
6: Got to keep tabs on all of it Ben. of course. Yeah. Thursday night football, Steelers edge the Titans 20-16. to Pittsburgh entered the fourth quarter down, but then Kenny Pickett did this.
7: Pickett in the shotgun, gets the snap, looks right. Deontay Johnson wide open. Touchdown, Pittsburgh! The Steelers march at 92 yards to take the lead. That's Deontay Johnson's first touchdown in, what, a couple seasons? Yes!
2: Just like
6: you said earlier, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Courtesy of the Steelers radio yeah. network there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs ruled out running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire for Sunday's game in Germany due to illness. Giants coach Brian Dayball ruled out quarterback Tyrod Taylor and tight end Darren Waller for this weekend's game. In the NBA, Victor Wembenyama was the star of Thursday night's contest.
7: Outside right now to Wembenyama. tend to shoot. Wembenyama straightaway three over Eubanks.
1: That's a Wemby 12. Thirty-six points for Victor Wembanyama.
6: That's courtesy of the Spurs radio network. I, what was he trying to do with his name there? I'm not, I'm not, not quite sure. Well, but, you're the
1: broad, you're the play-by-play guy. You would uh, you know, I, I, technique I, I, there. You well, know? I don't
6: speak French. It, it sounded you're like not? he was trying to do some sort of French flair with the end of his name. I, I don't know.
1: Well, that's how you stand out, as you know, right? You got to have a little razzmatazz. Mm-hmm. One of my buddies who used to do the Portland Trailblazers game, Brian Wheeler uh, back in the day, that guy had the razzmatazz, man. He would – oh, he'd lay it on thick there. That is – His his call was boom shakalaka when somebody would slam it. It's
6: such a local play-by-play thing in the NBA to kind of have your your catchphrase and your little shtick too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I feel like it's so specific to local NBA play-by-play. But the NBA,
1: like the NBA marketing people, they're – they put those sizzle reels together, and they put the highlights in there, and mm-hmm. they do, it does come. It sounds really good when they do it with the yeah. local calls and all that. Yeah, solid.
6: I grew up in uh, uh, Sacramento, oh, and did, uh, so you had uh, Grant Gar- Napier. Grand Napier. He, he had a TV. few uh,
1: put in Gary, the books. Send him to it, the line. Gary Gerald was the radio guy, right, or the TV guy. Uh, the no, no, he's a
6: radio. He's still oh, the radio, radio guy. guy up there. Is he yeah. still there? Yeah, he's really? still there.
1: He's, he's is he 110? <laughs> <laughs> he was old when I you know years ago. He was old. Yeah, uh, he's been him.
6: doing the games the since they moved to Sacramento in like 85. He's been the guy. He's going on yeah. 40 years. Yeah. Well,
1: I know Grant. I, I met Grant Napier a few times. He he got. Uh, whack during the COVID thing, but he mm-hmm. he was good because he did an afternoon drive show and he, like, he'd rip the guys, but the, the players yeah. didn't like him because he'd actually rip the players of the team, yes. which uh, do not help his job security. No, I don't know how he lasted
6: <laughs> as long as he did. I, I remember listening to the car being like, man, so you're you're going to do this in the afternoon, then three hours later you're going to go call a game and pretend everything's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, he got away with it for like 25 I years know. or something like that, so good for him. Yeah, ballsy. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at
7: 2 a.m. Eastern 11 p.m. Pacific.
6: Hey, we're Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio
1: every day 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see we're having so much fun in our 2-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly,
6: Uncensored, by the way, so maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after-show podcast of all time. There you go.
1: Overpromising. Perfect. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Cavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
8: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Do you love Selena?
5: Like, really love?
4: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
1: to start listening as we roll on through these overnight hours and we are glad you have chosen to spend some time with us try the podcast it's not it's got no calories and we also have the fifth hour podcast which will be coming up this weekend and uh, man is that beautiful
6: man
1: is that gonna be i think we're doing four pods this weekend. we're doing like four extra pod because the the breeders cup is going on, so we'll be out at the Breeders' Cup doing a live wow. pod. Last time we did, must well, not I guess, a live pod, but it's close to a live pod. Last time we did one of those was at the Super Bowl, where randomly we, we did the Super Bowl from Arizona media media row, which they used to never let me go to, but for some reason the company felt pity on me and they let me go to that the last couple of years, the Super Bowl media thing, and behind a curtain, we didn't know who was going to be there, popped. Popped out, it was like uh, like popping out of a cake, was Emmett Smith, the all-time leading rusher in the NFL. He's like, hey, I'm you know here. You want to talk? And he was like promoting, I think he was promoting paper towels. So the way that works is you have the guest on, but they're only there to talk about paper towels. So you you have to talk to them for like five or six minutes, and then they do a commercial for paper towels, which nobody wants to hear. But that's the catch. That's how they do it. Anyway, hey, uh, speaking of commercials, now this is something you do want to hear. We are in the home stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are in Santa Anita right now for the Breeders' Cup World Championships going on today and tomorrow. So if you're in the area, is it geographically desirable? The countdown is over. It's going on today and tomorrow. The big event on Saturday, but the juvenile races today Get tickets at breederscup.com. And if you are going out there today, if you're in the area and you're going to be at that event at Santa Anita, uh, let me know. Send me a message. I'll be out there. Uh, I'm not getting out there in the morning, though. I'm I'm sleeping. But I I will be out there in the afternoon. So I'm looking forward to that. Going to have a grand old time. Let's say hello to a man who's also having a grand old time because there is a parade today in Arlington, Texas. To the victor goes the parade, and we say hello. Will he be at the parade? I don't know. Ed in Arlington, hello, Ed. I love a parade.
10: Yeah, I think I'm gonna hit that. Yeah, I think I may make it down there.
1: You gotta
9: get. But what I'm
10: more excited about, what I'm more excited about now, is it's only one more year till the probable and, and highly anticipated. Dodgers Rangers World Series.
1: I don't know that you want that, Ed. I don't know that you want that smoke. Dodgers and Rangers. I don't know that you want that.
10: Well, somebody might watch it. Unlike this one, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that
1: was. Which uh, was you you knew going in that was not going to be uh, big for for baseball, and they did all. They changed all these rules to get people to watch, and then they had a crappy Diamondbacks team in there, like the Rangers. They got a few stars. If the Rangers had been matched up to a more gla- against a more glamorous team, they, people would have watched.
5: Is there going to be a sixty-three game season next year?
1: Oh, that, then I don't think you have anything to worry about, Ed. Coop, Coop lame jokes are next hour, Coop. You're you're you're, uh, you're ahead of yourself. I mean, what what are you doing? Open mic over there, Coopaloop? Is that what you're doing? My God,
5: you're <coughs> embarrassing yourself. That's right. I'm practicing my uh, my, my my tight fifteen. Unbelievable.
1: Uh, shouldn't you be on a minute's limit like LeBron? Uh, Ed, anyway, listen, Ed, uh, talk us through it, Ed. How how long have you been a Ranger fan? You've called this show for years. You're the only guy I know that regularly talks Rangers baseball. I'm not making that up. So you've been a Ranger fan for how many years, Ed?
10: Well, I go back to the days of uh, Jeff Burrows and Steve Foucault and uh, when they were managed by Billy Martin pulling these games out of the crapper at the last, Minute like nobody had ever seen before. Until that, the team had pretty well. It's like they moved the team from Washington in 72. And for the first couple of seasons, uh, people were thinking, well, why'd you do that? Why don't you just leave them where they were? Because nobody was coming to the games. They played in um, a ramshackle minor league stadium. But somehow they um, managed to hire Billy Martin and he uh, lit a fire under some. Uh, some uh, well-traveled uh, this cast-offs from other teams, and they came together. They finished second, that five games behind the uh, Oakland A's in the Oakland A's heyday. Now, their big start at the time in addition to the Jeff Burroughs was uh, they had Ferguson Jenkins for a few years towards the end of his career. And Ferguson Jenkins won 25 games in 74. So that was when I started first started listening to these guys, that was pretty exciting. And uh other names you may remember are Toby Hara. Oh yeah. Uh Gaylord Perry. Uh, they even after Billy Martin wore out his welcome he got up in a fight in a strip joint here. Uh they hired a Baltimore Orioles coach, uh, Billy Hunter, who uh took him to second place, won ninety four games in his first season. And his reward for that, by for from owner Brad Corbett, the the next owner of the Rangers, he fired Billy Hunter because by finishing second, he didn't finish first. Second place was. A dream finish for the Rangers in the, in that decade that's not <laughs> yeah. as close as they can hope for to finishing first. All right. All got right.
1: Coop, Coop has hit the buzzer here, Ed. Uh, not that he does not love the history of Rangers baseball, but he's told me he will literally stab me in the eye if this goes on any longer. But I'm happy for you, Ed. Congratulations. Uh, I remember that crappy ballpark. And what was the name of the I'll, – I'll, let's get out on this note. What was the name of that? There was like an amusement park kind of near that crappy minor league ballpark. What was the name of that? Back I, the, I dropped him. Oh, he's gone. All right, we'll never know. But I remember when I would watch games when I was a kid, and they played in that crap hole ballpark. They, I'd see, like, the Angels and the Rangers, and it was always, like, 120 degrees, even at night. And they, they they had, like, there was some off in the distance. There was some, I forget the name of it. There was, like, some amusement park uh, right near the stadium there. As I remember, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I made that up. I have no idea. All right, uh, it's the Ben Maller Show. So, Angry Adams, Devontae Adams getting snippy with reporters there covering the Raiders. He was playing basketball in the locker room, and he scolded the media, saying, they're worried about the wrong blank. Yeah, So Devontae should quit and then run a newsroom, and then he can advise the media so they can worry about the right blank. And the window shopping is underway as uh, the 76ers trying to replace James Harden. Donovan Mitchell, the name of the day, along with, Bojan Bogdanovich. Well, that'll move the needle in Philadelphia, Bogdanovich, unless it doesn't. Here's the Insta Trivia. Bills quarterback Josh Allen can tie blank and Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young for the second most games with at least one touchdown pass and one rushing touchdown in NFL history this weekend. Uh, That is the Insta Trivia. The answer next.
6: You can listen to the Ben Maller Show how you want, when you want, with podcasting. Some P1s find themselves binge-listening to classic episodes, while others like to space things out. Either way, by subscribing to the free Ben Maller Show and Fifth Hour with Ben Maller Podcast, you'll help this overnight dinghy stay afloat and annoy the executive kingpins who don't understand why you listen. Now back to Big Ben in the Tyrac FSR Studios.
1: Maller with the third degree warming up. Time now for the Insta Trivia in honor of Andy the Comical Guy and Bills Mafia. It's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Josh Allen of the Bills can tie blank and Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young for the second most games with at least one touchdown pass and one rushing touchdown in NFL history. Only Cam Newton has more. That is the question. And what is the answer? And a bunch of people said, by the way, the amusement park was six flags uh, over Texas. So thank you, uh, everyone that sent that in. uh, The question we're talking about with Ed. Uh, Sean King from Double O Mexico. You know, I worked with Sean King at the NBC Sports Network back in the day that's now out of business. Jim, good dude, by the way. Jim Zorn from Eek in Roseville, Minnesota. Billy Kilmer from Palm Desert Rat. Uh, Who else do we have? Page down, uh, page down. Ferg Dog says, Big Ben, the horse. not. The radio host is the answer. Rich Gannon from Late Night Drug Tester, page down. Uh, Fields of Green says that. Timberwolves radio announcer Alan Horton, formerly part of the Mallor Militia. Bob Saget, guessed by the main trucker. Billy Joe Hobart from Voodoo Head Lice. And the correct answer, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Steve Young, and possibly Josh Allen with one more touchdown. Running and passing on the field. It's Here we go. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
5: Hoop. Da An NFL insider said on Wednesday that A.J. Brown is an MVP candidate this year. Now, Ben, we already know that you don't think a wide receiver will ever win MVP. Yeah. Who do you have in the lead for the award this season?
1: So I'm going chalky McChalk here, Coop. I got Patrick Mahomes. Even after losing to your Broncos, it is a quarterback award. Ultimately, he's the top quarterback. Uh, Kansas City, they've got dump truck wide receivers. They do have Taylor Swift on their side, though, so that's good. And it's, it's pretty much whoever plays well the final five or six games of the year. And it, it, Mahomes is in the lead, but Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungabailoa even's in the conversation. It's a down-the-stretch award. What's next, Coop? Uh, It's well known
5: now that the Padres are having some financial struggles, as they were just approved for a $50 million loan. Uh, Now that is leading to speculation that Juan Soto could be shipped out of town to save money. Ben, do you think Soto gets traded?
1: Oh, yeah. A a little birdie months ago, who eats fish tacos and likes to walk around La Jolla, uh, said that Juan Soto pretty much knows he's going to be traded. Uh, he don't know where, but he knows he's going to be traded. It's going to be one of the East Coast teams, probably the Red Sox, Yankees, or Mets. But he's out of San Diego. Next! Uh, the Seahawks win over the
5: Browns last weekend, lifted them to 5-2 and two on the year, and Geno Smith proclaimed in a recent interview that the team
1: can match up with anybody. Ben, are the Seahawks legit? No, because of Geno Smith. Last five weeks, Geno Smith, six touchdowns, six interceptions, two fumbles. No matter what Nostradinus and JJN and Retton and Crying Craig say, they're not legit with Geno Smith. How did we do? You passed this edition. That is a win. You can put it on the ball to close the week in the win column. Cha-ching.
2: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin.